The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs> bottle of red, perhaps a bottle of rosé instead. Get a table near the street in our old familiar place, you and I North South Connection, welcome to the most extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Three-Way Dance, as you can hear and see. I'm JT, joined by Jenny and Suze. How you guys doing? Hello. Good. Does that mean... Okay, never mind. I won't go with that question, but I'm good. Uh, how are you guys? Doing well. Uh, ready to get extreme as always. Extreme as always. I'm always extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so listen, if you're listening on our Podbean feed or any other podcast or app, NorthSouthConnection.com. We are also doing this on video. So just go to YouTube, search North South Connection, and subscribe. And I would say, what, we got four or five of our shows right now do video as well as audio. Um, mm-hmm. There's also going to be bonus stuff on video as well. So be sure to check that out. Here on this show, we're going through the history of ECW. We started in February 1994. We are almost through 1997. Uh, a matter of fact, I think we only got a few more episodes left of the calendar year. We'll be into 1998, and like I was mentioning to Jenny the other day, Matt, we'll uh, we'll be over halfway through uh, yeah. the run, right? Because we'll have four year, four calendar years down, and really it's just three left. Because oh, oh one is when they die, but this, I don't yeah. know if there's even any shows, and I think it's a couple, maybe in one. Yeah, it's like one or two at the most. Yeah, it's not much. So the bulk will be end of 2000 for for ECW. So we are. That's wild. Progressing mm-hmm. rapidly through the history of Extreme. Uh, so tonight we're going to cover four weeks of television as we're really starting the home run ramp up to November to Remember. Of course, November Remember is a pretty seminal show for ECW. We've, I think we've had one every year, Jenny, since we've been doing the show. There was definitely one. In, mm-hmm. I think it was even one in 93 that we... Um, we didn't uh, watch. Yeah, we didn't do. So No. But uh, we've done one every year. But this will be the first one on pay-per-view. So you know they're going to really try and amp it up. Mm-hmm. As they should. Yeah, they have they have some, you know, some shows under their belt now. And I think they're getting a better feel about how to book these. And 
yeah. it shows in these episodes. Well, the one thing that stands out to me, and I'm curious if it's going to continue, and if I remember, is using the non-arena crowd for mm-hmm. these pay-per-views. Is it going to start to matter, like the affect it at all? Because I don't, you know, for um, wasn't what I just did. Russell Palooza? No, he what was the one that was the pay-per-view. Hardcore, Evan. Hardcore. Hardcore. Um, that crowd in Florida, while it made him a good, I don't know if it's the miking or if it's not the same. Like it's just mm-hmm. it, the the aura wasn't there for that show, right? So right. I'm a little curious about Pittsburgh, how that's going to carry. I mean, it is close to Philly, so you figure, you know, it's close enough. I don't know, it's not super close, but it's close enough to where they should get some travel, right, to there. Um, but outside so far of Queens or ECW Arena, like we haven't had, and maybe the. The Greyhound and uh, outside Bath. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, we may yes. have, uh, but we haven't had like any real super. Webster. Yeah, we haven't had any super hot, hot crowds like that. So I'm curious if that's gonna continue to like kind of weigh on us with these pay per view events. But anyway, hmm. all right, let's go ahead. October 18th, 1997. We open with a sad note. It is the uh, tribute to Brian Pillman, who had passed away. Uh, I think at this point it had been a, probably a week or so earlier, right? When was I think Bad Blood was October 5th, so I think it's when he died. Yeah, so, it was earlier in the month for sure. So it took them a couple of weeks to, to put it up on here, I'm guessing, just because the other stuff was already canned and sent to the studios mm-hmm. for syndication. Um, so on this episode, we start. It's muted, too, so I thought that was kind of a neat way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just see the images, and they showed, like, full clips of him doing stuff, but it's all no sound at all. So I didn't know if it was, like, a peacock edit if they had some music over it or if it was just done that way mm. if it was done that way that was a pretty cool editorial choice i thought it made it more poignant in a way that it was like that he had been silenced finally it was kind of how i took it right um, right yeah but. i could see Polly doing it that way because it is yeah. very it's striking watching yeah. it like that you know and just being reminded of all of those amazing things that he did in ECW. The pencil, mm-hmm. uh, the chef. It was across like four episodes, too. Right. Like, he wasn't yeah. even there that was long, very but so short. much good stuff. That's the thing. It's like, it made me wish he was there for longer. You think of some of the other stuff he could have done if he was healthy. Like, if he could have a match or something, I think it would have been right. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, obviously, they found him in his hotel room the day of Ad Blood, uh, 97, and we all know how that goes. So, uh, he's been someone we've covered a lot across, you know, these shows, right? We've Covered him in the great depth in Wrestling Warzone. Chad and I, now that's every other Mondays here. Uh, he was a big part of ECW, and he showed up so far for us to do it, but then he got hurt. So he's been a part there, and he'll be a part for us for a while on that show. But then this one, too, we hit on him. So he's he's kind of been a constant during this era that we've been covering um, on our show. So uh, we get our opening animation from that. Then we go to Joey and the Nest. He sets up the night ahead. And basically says the goal tonight is to sell us on ECW and the hardcore wrestling resurgence. Because we're going to get highlights from September 20th, As Good As It Gets, which is now available on home video. So he promises this was such an amazing night uh, that you're going to fall in love with ECW, basically. They're going to sell us on how great ECW is just by showing us highlights of this show. Uh, we get a full clip of Taz confronting the Pitbulls, who returned to help Lance Wright. And then he destroyed Wright after getting restrained and attacking a security officer. Taz is in the back. He says he isn't a company man, but Gary Wolf is wrong that he's friendless because he has one friend that he can trust. And on June 7th, he made a friend for life, the television title. And it means more than any belt in the business today, more than Shane Douglas's belt because it's a TV driven industry and he's the best wrestler on TV today. He'll drive the industry through the roof. He's going to drive Wolf back to the hospital and back into a halo because what Shane Douglas did to him was nothing compared to what Taz will do. 
Pitbull 2 used to be able to talk to himself, and now Wolf talks for him. They lost all their juice. And if they want to try Taz and talk about him and play with him and call him a paper champion, he is far from that. If they are disciplined enough to stay out of the joint, buckle up and face Taz at the same time, he'll show them. And they can even put right in the ring, too. He'll take them on three-on-one because he is Taz, the ECW TV champion. Jenny, what did you think of this promo from Taz and the direction here we're going with the Pitbulls? I thought it was really good. Um, he says he's not friendless, and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck he thinks he's talking about. <laughs> uh, the belt is my friend. Oh, okay. We're going to do that. Um, it was really good. Uh, you think Shane Douglas hurt you? Like, that was that was good. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that a lot. And because, look, Shane fucked him up. So, you got you to gotta be real fucked up to get worse than what Shane did. <laughs> right. Um, um, and then the challenge, you know, I challenged three of yous, all three of yous in the ring, including Lance Wright. So I don't know. This was fun stuff, Matt. Yeah, uh, I like this a lot. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Taz saying that the, the TV title means more than the world title because it was a TV driven industry. I thought it was a really great line. And look, he's kind of not lying about the Pitbulls. At one point, he says the Pitbulls lost all their juice. I mean, he's kind of not wrong. The Pitbulls haven't done shit in months. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's I don't think they've even been around. I, I mean, I think they were yeah. gone. I think they get brought back for this. Yeah, obviously, they were uh, partying with Vince, as they said before. So <laughs> That's where they've been this whole right, time. Right. They've the been camping out in the pool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, great stuff from Taz, as always. Uh, please, for the love of God, I know I say this every episode, just kill Lance Wright. Get him out of here. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Just choke it's a good way. Out. It's a good use of the pit bulls. I mean, whether they're doing a little penance. I don't, I don't know what they did wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, digging around a little bit. I think they were, I don't want to say ECW didn't allow bad influences but from what i've heard they were just kind of notoriously mm. doing some stupid shit so oh really yeah i don't know if they just didn't want them around or what but we'll see where it goes uh we get clips of shan douglas and tommy dreamer from september 11th at terry funk's russell fest uh, we see douglas battering tommy's knee uses a chair to wear it down yeah. douglas goes to figure four uh we get two minutes left in the match on the time limit as francina beulah get involved so the figure four gets broken. Tommy rolls up Shane for a close two. Shane takes the knee back out, goes up top. But Beulah distracts him. Tommy slams him off. He gets into a flurry, gets two on a bulldog. He goes for the DDT, but Francine breaks it up, triggers a cat fight with Beulah. Tommy pulls Francine off and sets the DDT, but Shane takes out his knee. Shane grabs Beulah and slams her hard to the mat by the hair. The announcer warns her not, not uh, warns the crowd not to throw anything in the ring as Shane hits the belly to belly. Uh, Tommy rolls Shane up for a close two count and then hits a DVD for two. Tommy hits a belly to belly for two as Shane will not go down. Tommy hits the DDT, but Francine jumps on him, so Tommy loads her up and stuffs her with a pile driver. Shane then grabs Tommy throw, and they throw bombs at each other until Shane hits a belly to belly to retain his title. Uh, we only got a few minutes of the match, but it was, it was pretty hot what we saw. It was a good closing stretch. The crowd was really rocking, and you could tell they were kind of going all out for a special show, especially Tommy with how much funk meant to him. So you could tell they wanted to put on a really good outing on this night. Uh, our buddy Rocco Martone told me that this was really a ECW heavy show. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we didn't cover it in full on here, but if anyone's kind of trekking through this stretch of ECW and tracks it down, I guess is a really heavy ECW presence on that show. It was almost presented that way. Um, so Matt, what did you think? I, I didn't grade it because we didn't really see much. It was more highlights, but... Um, I thought it was pretty entertaining. 
yeah, I thought what we saw of this was a ton of fun, just super fun stuff. I didn't rate it either because, like you said, we only saw a few minutes of it. But uh, Shane just kicking out of everything <laughs> Dreamer was throwing at him, just really putting over Shane strong, I thought was really well done. Uh, the pile driver to Francine was disgusting. I thought that was uh, really brutal. But, uh, yeah, just a super fun, uh, super fun uh, segment here. And, yeah, that show is very ECW heavy. Uh, I think uh, Foley wrestles Sabu on it, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, pretty sure, as a matter of fact, we're covering this on the new episode of YouTube Roulette coming out soon. It's uh, Rob Van Dam versus Dory Funk Jr., which oh, boy. is ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, uh, that matches something. So, uh, yeah, this was a ton of fun. Jenny? My thought, they're doing all this shit in Texas to these women (laughs) (laughs) in the crowd because I was trying to like kind of gauge how this was going over with Texans. But I mean, it's it's where it's where the funks are from, I guess. Something like that. So um, they got to be they got to be used to to maybe that. I don't know. I, I guess I expected like. A little bit of a cooler response. I was really surprised at how how in the crowd seemed on it. Um, but yeah, the belly to belly on Beulah was fucking <laughs> that was yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Fran gets the softest pile driver ever. So <laughs> Tommy took uh, care of it. Yeah, he did. Uh, you can tell. Um, fun match, and I love the booze at the finish. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Matt, I hope you're covering Dennis Stamp on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we mentioned him many a time. Okay, very good. good. Uh, Shane and Francina backstage. Shane hypes up his girl, says he's the only one who gets her or can say and says he isn't uh, a giving kind of guy. So he's still willing Wait, to what? pimp her out, I guess. He just gets he's, – he's the only one who gets her or gets to say who else gets her, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. If anyone else right. gets her, it's because he allows it. Right. Rick Rude's right. going to bang her because he says he can. Mm-hmm. Joey's in the nest. He says we should listen to that again and then talks about how Shane can pimp her out to any willing John like Rick Rude who gets serviced by Francine to provide services to Shane to shop for the franchise including bringing in challengers like Al Snow, Axel Rotten, and Phil LaFon. Shane has defeated them all and Joey wonders who will challenge Shane next. We get highlights of Dreamer and Beulah versus Rob Van Dam and Fonzie. Of course we talked about Five that. Five-star match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey's in the nest talking about Sandman and Mikey and the beating he took at Sandman's hands. Mikey joins Joey and Paul's ranting about a camera. Mikey says that RVD and Sabu are talking about the Dirty F and WCW and attacking Tommy, but he feels like he wants to finish his career in ECW and he's happy here. He's not afraid of any of them. And anytime they want to fight, Mikey will give him a fight. Joey says we're going to see a whole new whipwreck as Mikey's stepping up. Well, Jenny, how did you feel about the return of Mikey to TV here and making a statement? Well, I was I had a very calm demeanor um, because I thought this was going to be like a replay show, like a clip show. Mm. Eh, I wasn't really expecting too much. And then fucking Mikey comes in <laughs> being adorable as fuck. And he's, you know, playing like his old Mikey stuff. And then he turns his hat around and then he gets real serious, Mikey, and <laughs> I was losing it. And <sighs> I'm just so ready. I'm so ready for it. Like. Well, he needs to do something. So it looks like he's doing he something finally because right. we've seen him in spat, you know, spatters. But I would say it's been over a year since like he's done anything of substance. Like, has it been? He since definitely Foley hasn't left? cut a promo. And like, I was gonna say, I don't yeah. think I've heard him cut a promo since I joined this show. No, I don't think he's done much <laughs> since Foley left in like April of '96. Right. I mean, yeah. I think it's been over a year since like he's done anything of substance. It's either been, you know, random matches mm-hmm. or, um. 
you know, he's, he comes in and gets hurt and leaves again. So yep. they got him. When was the Paul Loria stuff? Was that after Foley? That might have been the last thing. I don't Matt, Were you here for that? When I he fought think, his old partner? Yeah. That sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. That might have been the last thing of any substance. But since then, they kind of throw him out there for like random trial matches. But right. Else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like team exhibition type. Yeah, that yeah. team would spike for a week and a half. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was good too. But um, I, I, I just assume he's traveling or, you know, doing. I think other he was shit. banged up. Too, yeah. I think he might have been hurt, and I know oh, yeah. he was doing a lot of the training too. Like, I think he was running the ECW training school or whatever, or he had his own training school, something like that. So, he might have been doing some of that too while he was like re- recovering and shit. But I don't know, it's so exciting, and I, I just, I just, it was so good to hear from him and see him. I'm just ready for more, yeah, long overdue for sure. All right, we get clips from October 1st where Sandman was uh working over Dreamer while smoking a cigarette. I should say October 1st, 1994, that is. Uh, and that led to the cigarette going in Sandman's eyes. We saw a woman get involved. Dreamer caned him while he writhed in pain. Uh, Tommy then shows more clips of the ensuing angle. And then from him and Raven's final match at Wrestlepalooza, his issues with Lawler, and a warning to Sabu and RVD. So this is kind of like just showing that Tommy's been through a ton of shit. And this mm-hmm. is just another thing he's going to take care of in ECW. So, again, to your point, Jenny, it's it's a heavy clip show. So we're, we're even getting classic stuff. Mm-hmm. Throw it in here. Speaking of classic stuff. Speaking of classic stuff. <laughs> this next scene uh, was what some would call an instant classic. And that means it is time for our Italian word of the week to get us rolling. Tonight's word, Il Budello di Tuma. Dear God. Say it I'm gonna, again. I'm going to need you to say that again. <laughs> you sure? I'm it positive. is Il Budello di Tuma. One more time. <laughs> broke up. Really again. technically five words. Il Budello di Tuma. Ear Bodello di Tuma? Mm-hmm. Ear Bodello di Tuma. Your mother's a whore. Well. Oh I thought it was something. You worked so hard for that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something whore. about ears, and now you're calling my mother a whore. <laughs> Bodello di Tuma. I guess wow. I should have seen it coming on. I've, I've never been more offended. All right. Uh, this is fantastic, though. So the FBI over this, they're at a pizza place. <laughs> Little Guido's making a pizza pie while Tommy Rich and Tracy Smothers are talking about being real Italians. Guido explains what the Muda del cheese is, and they all argue some more while Guido tells Smothers to spin the dough like him. He's spinning the dough. Smothers tries. It lands on his head. Uh, Rich is mad because he's bitching that he's hungry. And he says, I'm going to call it a real pizza place. You know, I'm going to call Domino's. So he's going to call Domino's. Guido grabs a phone like any good Italian would, throws it in the cooler. <laughs> We're not calling Domino's. Mother stops and says, we aren't tipping them angrily. Uh, <laughs> because they don't want to pay Domino's and pay the tip. Um, and he's like so angry about it. I thought this was fantastic. I it's thought so it was. Good. They got the shtick down. The timing is down. Uh, Guido just trying to be like the true Italian and teach these remotes <laughs> how to be Italian. And they just are being a Southern Italian. They're the Olive Garden to his, you know, authentic Italian cuisine right now. Right. Uh, trying to teach them the, the right ways of the motherland. Um, but it was really fun. I thought this was great. This really spoke to me. Yeah. JT's little Guido 
Uh, I guess uh, you're Tommy Rich for sure. I'm, uh, I was kind of trying to take his mother's. Well, you're Southern. I mean, it's it's right there. Well, I guess Smothers is too, but I Rich. Is, I think Rich is more Southern. And he's right. well, and I do like Domino's, so I can see me saying, "Fuck yeah, this! I'm know. too hangry." Yeah, yeah. He would. Tommy Rich was hangry. Yeah, the uh, best part was Rich saying, "Give me that mozzarella." The mucho dough. <laughs> and they were really tussling in there too. Like oh, that's oh, yeah, part yeah. of yeah. Like, it was a tight little kind of tiny little yeah. tent counter. It's yeah. like there's not a lot of room. They're squeezed in there. Pushing was really each funny. other. Yeah, it was hilarious. That was in South Philly. I'm sure it was something nearby, but uh it was Joey's really face coming out of that yeah. too. I lost it. We just needed some gaugoo to really make it uh, pop. <laughs> Yeah, no, Joey. Joey also being a Python makes it hit as well because it's yes. like he's he's the only other one really in the company. So he's like always offended by everything they're doing. Um, <laughs> the only thing we didn't get was Smothers doing the thumb that he does. Right. <laughs> right. We get um, some finger licking later, I think. Oh God. Uh, all right, we eclipse the balls of Mahoney and Axel Rotten, or as we call them here, Rotten Balls, uh, beating on the FBI. Guido's foot was on the rope, so the match gets restarted, and the FBI won. Axel and Balls and beat the shit out of referee Jeff Jones for botching the call and running his mouth about it after. Joey then recaps what we saw and said because of that win, the FBI are now the new number one contenders to take on the Gangstonators this Saturday night for the tag team titles. So FBI in line for title shot. See where that goes. Out of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's who they call They them. got one win and then <laughs> that's it. They're in line. Rocket. No. We've talked about it. The tag division has definitely been a little weird lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're trying to re. You can tell they're trying to rebuild a little bit. They need help. We get clips of the Gangstonators fighting the Dudleys and winning the titles. And I'll tell you this: I'm curious. Like, when does the Dudley dominance begin? Because I keep thinking it's mm -hmm. starting, and they haven't really. And it's a weak division, and yeah. they keep not really winning the belts back. So I know at some point they become like the premier team. Well, uh, Gertner's really holding them back. I feel like you think so. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Joey hypes November to remember. It's a month away. It's already the fifth one, like we said. It's the biggest show of the year. We're live from Pittsburgh. And Joey says to get a dish if your cable company won't carry it. You need to see ECW live if you can. We get an ECW highlight video. Wraps us up. So let's get to our awards. Uh, we really saw one part of one match, and that was Dreamer Douglas. Um, so I guess technically best match. <laughs> yeah, I else. mean, yeah, by, I by default. Yeah. Uh, best moment I thought was the end of Douglas Dreamer with all the the fighting and all that was was good. I don't know the whole pizza thing. Oh, the, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I that that whole. We're thing. gonna do that. We got yeah. pizza party. Um, stock rising. Oh, and most nineties, I should say. Uh, I had this Funk's WrestleFest. What's the idea? <laughs> yeah, nineties. Yeah. Loving Domino's is also very nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Maybe the old Domino's. Like, it should have, like, referenced the Noid or whatever. Or was that 80s? Right. I think that was 80s. That was more 80s? Could be both. 90s was uh, 10 minutes or less or whatever it was, right? 30 minutes less. Yeah, the, the heat bags and whatever the hell they called them. The heat right. wave bags. Heat I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you knew what uh, I meant. <laughs> heat bag. Stock rising. I went Taz, Douglas, and the FBI. Mm -hmm. Rotten ball? No. Um, much. no, no. The balls are dropping. I think. Big <laughs> Bick is no longer erect. No. Uh, Rock falling. I guess with the pit bulls. I think they're kind of being made to look like stooges. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's like a payback thing or 
they kind of let him back in. Just like we've seen this a little bit with ECW. We saw with Paul Varlins and others, right? Like they bring him in and then treat him like shit, just to like use them to get all the guys over. Right. So, it feels a little bit. I like, don't hate that. Well, yeah, it feels a little bit like it's headed that way. Like, yeah, we'll give you a few paydays, but you're gonna get your right. shit embarrassed, you know, by Taz and just. And I mean, they're established too, so whoever beats right. the shit out of them is gonna look pretty good. So mm-hmm. right. Uh, all right, final grade. I went six out of ten. I mean, it was a clip show, but we got some new stuff. We got to see the WrestleFest stuff. The FBI thing was awesome. The Mikey's promo, and even the clips. It was still like a fun show to watch. It's as usual with ECW. It takes a lot for ECW to put on a bad show. Well, with Mikey's return and the Pazans, I gotta go seven. I went six on it, like you, JT. Okay. All right, let's fast forward a week. We go to October twenty fifth. Jim Price's 17th birthday. We are live in Queens. Joey's in the ring. Wild crowd. He even has to pause and just kind of admire the madness. Uh, I love that. I love mm-hmm. Joey just standing there, just soaking, soaking it, in. it in, looking around. Oh, I had a whole moment. Well, we're rapidly seeing that Queens is like number two. I mean, yeah. they're, it, yep. It's going to actually become a little bit of a turf war, I think. Like, we'll start seeing signs of like a little, little friendly rivalry between the Queens mm-hmm. crowd and the Philly crowd. It's like with the real ecw hardcore fans are so. i love that yeah so it's kind of cool so it's good we found like a b studio b for them right that we right. haven't had yet so I'm, I'm i'm ashamed it's not the greyhound park but i think it would be if it was a little bigger i think i think greyhound parks is not big enough yeah if it didn't look like a shithole i'm sure it'd be great I mean, if it wasn't a concourse <laughs> like, <laughs> right it's not even a, a this place. fucking hotel lobby yeah it's not even a, a place <laughs> <laughs> Joey brings out Douglas and Francine. She is just busting out of this dress oh, that she's got on tonight. Sure is. She is like feeling herself here in late '97. Mm, I rude, feel rude is like a maybe it was a rude awakening for her. I feel like she's really been feeling herself since. since uh, <laughs> well, she look. With Rick. When bearded ass Rick Rude comes out, I'm like, mm, yeah. okay. I can see it. I can see how she has blossomed into her full friendom. <laughs> They, they parade around. Uh, Douglas yanks the mic from Joey, tells the fans to F off, says they weren't with him before. Don't be with me now. Shane bags on the fans and talks up being a champion. He brings out Rick Rude to introduce his next challenger. The crowd is all over Rude. He has to keep pausing. He can't even get through his intro. The crowd chants, you fuck China. Uh, <laughs> that breaks Douglas. Douglas was it. It yeah, even Rude great. a little bit. Uh, and Rude says, yeah, I've had a lot of pussy in China, Singapore, Korea, and all over the world. <laughs> which is a great line. Best. That was really good. Uh, Rude says Shane paid him, and Shane says he paid with a woman that's better than a river and hotter than hell, wetter than a river and hotter than hell. Rude calls the fans dickless derelict. <laughs> Rude says he showed Fran what he used to show his opponents. As the night goes longer, Rude gets stronger. The crowd chants she's got herpes. Then they ask to see her tits. The fans are just off the charts right here. Francine Tease is taking her top off and said just flips off the fans. They chant silicone. Douglas tells him to shut the fuck up so he can hear Rude. Rude calls him brainless buffoons. He says he's the only man in the sport who can go wherever he wants, whenever he wants, and that being a free agent. And Shane wanted Rude to push him to the limit and reach his peak. And he has just the guy, a guy who ran rush out of the WF. And Shane says, oh, it's going to be the boy toy. He's all pumped up that he's going to get Shawn Michaels tonight. And Rude says no, because it's a guy who also ran through WCW, Japan, Asia, and Europe. And he's no boy, and he's no toy, and he needs no introduction. Because it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Walking through the streets of Asbury, right into Queens. Candido and Tammy come out. Tammy Sitch, who's here for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Sonny, they're begging Bigelow to stop, but he throws Candido down. Bigelow shoves down Shane as well. Shane begs off Candido. Tammy and Francine beg him to stop. 
and he doesn't back off. So we get a red hot opening segment into our opening animation. I want to talk about the surprise of Bigelow, but I want to save it for after the match. But so just talk about the promo itself, Jenny. Like, what do you think of the, that? And then we'll, I want to talk about the ramifications and, and what it was in a minute. Um. So my brain sort of cut out a little bit when I saw Rick Rude. Um, and then um, I didn't listen to anything that he said. And then uh, I just listened to the crowd chant. She, she's got herpes and show your tits. And I thought Francine was fantastic um, through all that abuse. Um, and Shane, Shane's face when he says Bigelow uh, is pretty much says it all. Like he I was sold shocked. it so well. Yeah, yeah it was I like, mean, it was, oh my God, not huge. this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, okay. And then I, you know, I try to jump ahead to go like, well, where are they going with this? And are we breaking up the triple threat already? That seems weird. Um, so really I was just massively confused and aroused. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely more questions than answers during this segment. Uh, I thought this was fantastic. The crowd was insane. Just all the chants and everything. I mean, probably as heated as the ECW arena, like maybe if not more so, just how incredible they were just chanting, you know, you fuck China and all this stuff. I, I thought it was great. I thought Rude was uh, fantastic during all this. Uh, Shane doing a great job just selling the shock of Bam Bam, you know, presumably turning on him. I thought it was really well done. And yeah, this was a, a fantastic segment. Well, it's a good like tease too, because you're wondering, okay, is he turning on him or is it like he's getting the shot and he Rude told him, play it up. Like we're training him, right? We're training your boy. So I go out there and push him to the limit. And that's what Bigelow was doing. Or was he like, well, yeah, this is my chance. I'm going all out. Screw you, Shane. So I think it was still a little gray. as the match mm-hmm. starting, like, what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it. Bam Bigelow taking on Shane Douglas for the ECW world title. Bigelow doesn't back down. Uh, he comes firing with some big right hands at a headbutt, chucks him through the air. Joey talks up Bigelow's accolades and how he's always hyped as a future champion. Bammer mashes the champ with a choke slam as Shane begs away. Joey says Rude has broken up the triple threat yet again. Of course, you remember earlier in the year he did it with Brian Lee. Douglas comes firing back, but Bigelow ducks and unloads some more. The military presses Shane, crotches him on the top rope, and he tumbles to the floor. Bigelow press slams Shane again. This time throws him to the floor. Bigelow pulls Shane up the hard way and stomps away on him. Shane is a mess. He's trying to regroup in the corner as Candido barks at Rude. Douglas comes out of the corner with a hard clothesline, drop kick for two. Shane headbutts low and kicks away. Douglas gets an impressive vertical suplex, but Bigelow rolls on top for a two count. Shane kicks low. He gets a woos as Shane claws away. Bigelow shrugs off his chops, steps up to Douglas, and snaps him down with a rude awakening. He covers, but gets up at two. It's an Oof. epidemic in ECW, picking guys up at two. I'll never get it. It's been years. Scorpio started it in, like, 95, and it's been ever since. Guys love to pick dudes up. Bigelow hits a falling headbutt. He heads up top, but misses a headbutt. Douglas tries to belly to belly, but Bigelow counters for DDT. Then mashes Douglas with a power bomb to win the ECW world title. Huge pop in an awesome moment. The crowd is going crazy. Bigelow finally wins the big one in his career. Pays off Rude's angle of trying to get guys to challenge Douglas. Rude rubs it in. He announces the new champion. Douglas is shook. Look, this is basically a squash, um, but it was super hot. And it put over Bigelow looking like a monster. Uh, he, was, he looked unbeatable in this match. It was, it was awesome. Uh, I went three stars. I was shocked. I did not remember this at all. I, I, I had no memory of Bigelow winning, and the, I thought the triple threat lasted a lot longer. Um, I was surprised I actually broke it up as soon as they did. If it's broken up, like, I don't know, is it going to go stay together somehow, or is Bigelow turned, and that's it, and now they're gone forever. So we'll see how it plays out. 
I like the payoff to the story too, that Rude kept putting guys in front of him and one finally paid off. So Rude took his woman, you know, for a night and now took his belt away. So at the end of the day, you know, Rude joined with Douglas, right? After turning on ECW to go WWF, then he takes his woman, takes the money. And he said at the beginning of the year, his goal was to fuck the franchise, fuck with the franchise. So, mm-hmm. Was this also part of his plan? Like he right. tricked Rude into thinking he was helping him, but it was really just to screw with him and cost of the belt. So like that's another layer in this. And they also did what no other company has done so far outside of maybe Japan, uh, New Japan, and that's to make Bigelow look like a monster. Um, he had just moments in WWF and WCW, but he's never looked like this, where he was like a dominant ass-kicking beast on the par. Like this was like a Vader Sting style match, yep. right? Where he just like destroyed him and took his belt as a, as a big dude. So I, I, I went three stars. I thought it was an awesome complete package. I think it was a really cool moment. Caught me off guard completely, Matt. Um, what'd you think of everything? Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I went three and a quarter on this. Uh, I, I did know this was coming, but I did not remember it being this much of a squash. I mean, Shane got zero offense in. I mean, it was basically just a six and a half minute beating from Bam Bam, Bam yeah. Bam. And I thought it was really well done. That power bomb he hits him with at mm-hmm. the end to win the title was sick. Uh, there was one part where uh, Bam Bam hit the rude awakening on Shane. I thought that was a really uh, nice touch. And yeah, this was just great. Uh, the crowd was insane for it. Uh, it's a great unexpected moment. I will say it does feel a little bit strange that they're taking the title off of Shane this quickly. I mean, he ju- he had just won it in August, but I mean, I guess maybe they could play off the fact that Shane was caught off guard by Bam Bam right. being the guy. So, I mean, I, I can see it makes sense. So I feel like in ECW, it's like they've done such a, once the guys are established, it's like kind of like, I don't think this hurts Shane at all. Like, I mean, everyone knows he's a franchise and he finds a way and he'll always be in the mix. Um, I think what they're doing with Taz and what Shane did too with the TV title, I think they use these guys to get the title over and then they can potato it a bit. Like once they have that elite run to make the belt mean something, then they use it as like, okay, now it's a storytelling. Right. But yeah, just a really fun uh, squash, uh, hell of a way to kick off this show. So uh, three and a quarter for me, Jenny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it blew me away. I, I'll save my rating, but. The press slam onto the top rope, and then he falls off the onto the apron, and then onto the floor. Shane does. Oh, that looks so painful. Um, just his bumping mm-hmm. <laughs> is is amazing. And what I thought, I thought that when Bigelow missed the headbutt, I was like, okay, this is going to be where Shane comes back and and puts him down. That was not the case, <laughs> and I was super shocked for that amazing power bomb that won the match. And I, I stood up, I yelled, you know, it, I was, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's amazing all the layers um, from Rude and Candido and Rude and Francine, and it was a Vader type performance mm-hmm. um, from Bam Bam. <laughs> It's fascinating, and and the crowd's reaction was was to it as well. For the entire thing, the Shane and Francine reaction for the loss, for me, ties it in for the whole thing, opening, match, and closing. I did four stars. Yeah, um, I, I can see it. Yep. Yeah. I can see it for sure. Um, it's such a well-told story. And I love Candido just, like, freaking out as he's watching, <laughs> like, 
everything he loves. Like he loves the triple threat more than anything. And he's like seeing it all fall apart in front of him and like begging Bigelow, don't do it. I mean, like it's, it's selfish and not selfish at the same time. Right. Like he's being a little selfish because this is the thing he loves. He doesn't want to see it fall apart, but he's also being unselfish because I think he really doesn't want to see like Shane lose the belt and, you know, he knows they can still dominate and all this other stuff. So it was kind of, I thought it was cool. I I thought it was the whole thing just worked well. And I'm glad they, they did it there. Like, it wasn't going to be the arena in Queens was, was a good spot because that crowd right. was rabid. So. Yep. All right, we go right back to the ring uh, as Mikey Whiprack is taking on Sabu. Mikey heads to the ring as Joey's on the nest. He talks about Rude breaking up the triple threat yet again. Bigelow winning his first ever world title. He also runs down, tonight, t- runs down tonight's card. Sabu gets in the ring. We're ready to go. Mikey goes to the leg, tries a single crab. Sabu gets the ropes. Sabu recovers. He takes the leg and stomps away. Sabu cranks on the leg as uh, we ease in. Mikey comes back and grabs the arm, but Sabu cracks him with a knee and hits a springboard body block for two. Sabu stomps away, but Mikey hits a Rana. Fonzie slips the chair into Sabu and smacks Mikey with it. Sabu puts Mikey up top, and it's a triple jump rope Rana for two. We get a clip of Sabu throwing fire at Sandman, reminding us he's been out since that. We go back to the action. Sabu's a springboard dive into Mikey in the crowd, sets up a table bridge and puts Mikey on it. He tries a springboard, but Mikey throws a chair at his face. Now Mikey goes up top. Sabu meets him. Mikey bulldogs him down for two. Mikey keeps bringing the heat, grabs another near fall, gets a Frank and Mikey up the top for two. Mikey misses a moonsault. Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault for two. Sabu goes up top. Mikey catches him with some punches. RVD breaks out, but Mikey bulldogs him off the apron through the table bridge. Sabu barrels into both guys with a moonsault off the middle rope. Mikey tries to get back in, but RVD hooks his leg. Sabu hits a springboard knee to the head and wins the match. Uh, I thought Mikey hung in well here and showed up. Uh, it took RVD to help Sabu win, so that made Mikey look good. I thought Sabu was a little off tonight. Yeah, he missed his timing was a little bit off. He was botching more than usual, and it didn't seem like the the, the good botches that kind of make the match good. Like it, it kind of mm-hmm. almost took me out a little bit. Um, but he still stands tall. That was a good brawl. It was good to see Mikey evolved at a high level angle again. Like even if he's not in this angle, this being part of the Sabu RVD thing makes it feel more important. So I went two and three quarters, Jenny. I thought again, I don't think it was like the best of these guys that we'd see. Um, but it was it was good. It was it was good to see Mikey wrestling again. Um Sabu in his highlighter green pants. Um <laughs> yes. pretty snazzy. And so I I what I took from this is that Sabu was just going to do sort of keep it a little bit, I don't want to say map based because that sounds stupid when it comes to Sabu, but keep it off the ropes and shit. Like he could beat Mikey without all of his usual shit. Right. Um, so that's kind of what he started with. And then that didn't really work out for him. Um, and then he starts flying around. Then, you know, they start setting up tables and, um, but Mikey just gets a lot of abuse like he typically does <laughs> um, with his with his, you know, a- occasional good bulldogs, which he gets a couple of in this um, match. They set up the table. They don't use it. The crowd starts chanting, use the table. Come on now. We can't have that. You got to let them work up to that. Don't tell them when to use the table. I did not enjoy that at all. The crowd was just edging. Like, it got a little ahead of itself. Um, and it insist upon itself. So, um, I thought that um, RVD coming out to have, a, have to help him was good for Mikey. Um, hate to see him fucking lose another match, but I was not surprised. Um... Mikey Whipwreck was robbed. I agree with Joey Styles, but I went three and one quarter stars, Matt. 
Uh, yeah, I went three on it. Uh, we've definitely seen better out of these guys. This was still good, but I, I want to say there was like a random match they had in 96 mm-hmm. that we all went like yeah. four stars on it that was really well done. So uh, it was still good, but uh, we've definitely seen better. I almost wonder if uh, Sabu looking off had to do with the ringside area being so damn small at the elsewhere. Maybe. He yeah, couldn't really fly around like he normally yeah. does. I wonder if that had something to do with it. But yeah, I, I thought this was uh, the beginning was a lot slower than I thought it was going to be. But I think once it got going, it got going pretty well. Uh, RVD coming out, having to help Sabu beat Mikey, I thought was a good win, a uh, good spot for Mikey. It helps Mikey out. Uh, the uh, slop ass bulldog <laughs> through the table, <laughs> yeah. I thought was something. Uh, my notes, by the way, don't say bulldog. They say bulldog, which I don't think is what oh, I meant. Well, that's but, something else. I mean, that, that's, a t- that's another a, show. That's another stream. Yeah. Content. That's, that's on the Jeffy position. <laughs> that's a different move altogether. But mm. uh yeah, uh definitely a good match, but we've seen better. So three stars for me. All right, Joey plugs November remember from Pittsburgh, recast what we've seen tonight. And that brings us to our next match, which is a pretty interesting one. Is just incredible. It's back to take on great Sasuke, who makes his ECW return. Haven't seen him in a minute since earlier this year. A mm. uh, pretty cool match in Queens. It's actually Sasuke's first ECW singles match as well. It's the first time again since Barely Legal. Loud Sasuke chant from the crowd. Big spot for Credible and Jason as they get rolling here. The crowd floods the ring with streamers. Sasuke sticks and moves as Credible tries to guard. We get an Aldo chant as Sasuke cranks a side headlock. Credible twists into a head scissors. They grind on the mat. Joey says this will be a major story in Japan tomorrow. They trade off control holes into Sasuke working the leg. We reset. Credible grabs a side headlock. He runs through Sasuke, but Sasuke tosses him around. Follows off with hard kicks. Credible kicks away, but tosses a crotch chop and buries Sasuke with a seated drop kick. Credible hits a swinging DDT for two, works the arm. We get a Justin Asshole chant, which is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Justin Credible works, uh, gets two on a clothesline, hits a top rope Rana for two. Sasuke battles back and puts Credible on top, but Credible rakes the eyes and gets a sunset flip power on for two. Sasuke gets a cross body block off the middle rope, hits a standing moonsault for a near fall. Credible blocks a pile driver with a backdrop. Sasuke meets him with a drop kick, knocks him to the floor, barrels into him with a space flying tiger drop to a huge pop. It's just crazy he's doing the shit in Queens on this show mm-hmm. uh, in 1997, but there you go. Uh, back in the ring, Sasuke slams Credible, but Jason kicks Sasuke off the top rope. Credible scoops Sasuke up and is a jumping tombstone for the upset win. Again, the second time tonight, I did not see this coming at all. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I did not see Justin Credible pinning great Sasuke clean in the middle <laughs> of the ring. Um, it's a monster win uh, to kick off this push. I mean, end of 97, just incredible super pushes on, apparently. Actually, the match was a little boring until the last two minutes. Um, and it really started to heat up at the end. Um, I'm going to say it. Sasuke's ECW stuff and his ODF stuff has not been super impressive to me. Like, I think earlier in the year, I, I liked most of the other Kayente guys better than him uh, for the Michinoka Brew Group. And when he was in ODF, I, I thought Taka outshined him in those matches as well. Um, so maybe it's just for whatever reason was a little bit off and maybe it's time, but I don't know. He was doing cool shit back then that I've seen now, but I remember thinking that in 97 as well in the WF that Taka kind of outshined them. So he's still great. I know it, but I just haven't seen it in any of this content. So I think credible was fine. It wasn't on him. This match to me, uh, it was a big time win. So I went three stars, Matt. Uh, it's a big moment for credible, but I wouldn't hold this up as like any kind of classic or anything like that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I I feel like it was missing something that the other credible matches have had. Like I feel I feel like this was the worst he's looked, but it's also like his biggest win. So it's kind of like you know, 
a little of both ends. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a little bit sloppy at the beginning and it was just, I don't know, it was just missing something for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I thought it was good enough. I went three stars on it too, like you did. But yeah, I don't know. And I mean, obviously it's a huge win for Credible. Uh, he's here now, he's made. So obviously his big push is coming. It's a big win. But uh, I don't know. Like I've liked some of his other matches we've seen out of him uh, more than this one for me. So uh, yeah, I went three stars on it, Jenny. See, I think he's just not that great, Sasuke. I mean, I, don't know. Mm. I think he's what good. I just think he hasn't just showed it. Good Sasuke. <laughs> Meh, Sasuke. Um, he has to be breaking, not... breaking up. So what y'all thought was boring. I thought it was pretty engrossing. Like hmm. they're grappling on the mat in the beginning part uh, of the match because he kept bridging out. It was a, it was impressive and interesting looking, and he kept trying all these weird looking holds on Justin, which was funny because Justin kept looking very um, pained and also confused about <laughs> what he was supposed to be. <laughs> like twisting into um so i kind of got into that part of the match uh, but obviously a lot more entertaining once once they start flying around and right. um when the just an asshole chants start which is fun um i like the sunset flip and i thought the dive was really sick uh, onto the railing um and the corkscrew tombstone pile driver is that what he calls it? Um, for the win? It was kind of a banger for me, so I did three and a half. What a great snooze, Kay. My <laughs> God. All right, best match of the night to me was Douglas Bigelow. I mean, I just... Yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean, yes. Yep. Worst match, I had Mikey Sabu. But again, I mean, the worst match, yeah. right. four is two and three quarters for me. Right. <laughs> So pretty good. Oh, worst match at three stars. Wow. Like, right. but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I would go credible Sasuke there. That's the worst too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, best moment was Bigelow, obviously winning the world title. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been when Rick Rude showed up with that fucking <laughs> good things to me. Uh, most 90s was Justin Incredible's Hot Topic shirt. Don't piss me off. <laughs> like the yeah. letters like, across the black shirt. Yeah. Yep. Love it. He definitely got that at the mall on the way over. <laughs> Steamtown Mall in France. Uh, uh, stock Rising, I went with Queens. <laughs> like, the crowd is awesome. Yep. Uh, I like it. Bigelow, Sabu, and Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Stock Falling, I went with the Triple Threat. That seems to be, again, for the second time in 1997. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, Sasuke. I would put Rude on... on... Did you rising say rude or falling? On I rising? didn't say rude on either. Okay, I would say rude on rising. You were you were rising with rude. That too, um, but <laughs> I just it's they've turned like a nothing job into like this whole right. diabolical scheme. It's mm-hmm. and he's doing it perfectly. Like I don't know, like this isn't talked about enough, in my opinion. Right. Uh, so final grade, a great episode. You know, I, I was a little down on those other two matches, so it. Pulled it down a little bit for me from being like an all-time ECW episode, but it's a super memorable one. A lot of stuff happened, so I went seven and a half out of ten. Oof. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Seven and a half, great episode. I'm gonna do the eight. Yeah, I, th- I think if the Mikey match was a little better and Sasuke was like a little better, it's like an all. It's up there with our top 
episodes that we've done. It's got to like be. Eight mm-hmm. and a yeah. half and up. But All right. November 1st, we get highlights of the Triple Threat. It's very busy, 1997, ending with Rick Rude costing Douglas his ECW title, The Big O, last week. It's set to November rain. And we end with a graphic for November to November 97. And we find out that the main event in Pittsburgh will see Shane Douglas challenging Bam Bam Bigelow to get his ECW world title back. So big announcement Hot there. Damn. We get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He says, all Rick Rude wanted was Francine. No money or anything else. And Shane handed her right to him. And there's no honor with thieves, pimps, or whores. So Joey's pretty direct here at that. Rude screwed Douglas because he just wanted to prove he could just wanted a shot of Francine, and he did all. And Rude was pretty honest about it, right? From when he debuted in January, yep. he wanted to screw Douglas and screw Francine, right? So he got the banger, and he got to take uh, Douglas' title away. I'd say mission accomplished. Uh, yep. The only thing that he did that was surprising was turn on ECW. I mean, everything else he Right. Yeah, in but hindsight. But again, he was heard the payday, right? I mean, I think he was right. pretty clear all along, like he was a gun for hire, so mm-hmm. that's it, and Tommy the Mark ain't paying up like Waller and Cornette were. So. <laughs> All right, to the ring we go. It's our big tag team title match. The Gangstonators taking on the full-blooded Italians. The FBI dance out, flag-waving, smothers sucking his fingers. Joey wants to know what the fuck that was, basically. Because <laughs> he does, like, the thumb, and then he's like... I, like, I don't know what that is. It's not like an Italian. Uh, I think it's like marinara sauce or something. I'm not sure he knows what he's doing. I think he's meant to be doing this, but he's like like goofing on purpose. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing because yeah. I don't know. Because like, Guido's always you know, doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joey's like, what was that? Uh, <laughs> match of the lives for the FBI. They upset rotten balls. Joey's laughing about everything. Uh, Gangsters come out to natural one killers. Weapons in tow. The champions attack right away. The mall and the FBI with all weapons. Smothers is bleeding, I, I think, within seconds. Mm-hmm. Jack even uses a prosthetic leg to smash him in the head. Love that. Spot. Smothers is bumping like a madman. Just aggressive mm-hmm. violence. Crotus even takes out a violin. He plays it and hits Guido with it. He's bleeding, too. <laughs> New Jack White's out the raft. The chaos rolls on. The FBI getting completely mollywhomped, bludgeoned. Tommy Rich oh, makes a mistake. <laughs> Tommy Rich gets a mistake. He gets on the apron. New Jack suplexes him. He gets waxed. A secondary ref uh, gets leveled by a guitar. In come the Dudleys. They attack the champions. Jeff Jones is in there as a third referee. The Dudleys at a 3D on Cronus. And they put Guido on top for the win. We have shocking new tag team champions. La Fungul. Tommy Rich kisses Dick and celebrates as balls and axle come out. Yes, I'll repeat that. Tommy Rich kisses Dick and mm-hmm. celebrates as balls and axle come out and start attacking the Dudleys. Just a vicious bloody beatdown. Uh, FBI were completely over their heads and they knew it the whole time. Uh, but it was fun. I thought they kept it tight enough. The crowd was rocking. The finish was shocking with another big upset title change two weeks in a row, driven by the Dudleys and this crooked ref. FBI I thought earned it. Like they got their shit kicked so hard um, <laughs> that they almost deserved deserved to win that match. Um, I'm Cronus sorry, that's new- not how it works. Yes, it is. <laughs> they took such a beating, they deserve to get rewarded. Cronus and New Jack. Uh, I thought they're fun as a team. They should stick together. The Gangstonators. I think yes. they work pretty well. Um, the tag division is heating back up a little bit now. So I went two and a quarter, Jenny. Like I'm all, all in on the FBI as champion. Give it to me. Let's go. So, you know how Taz legitimizes the TV title, Shane mm-hmm. legitimizes his title. I, I pray that they never try to legitimize this title because I think this is just a garbage one. 
Yeah, bounce it around. We don't. We don't need. We don't need like a year long tag. I know I said it a few minutes ago. Like, when are the Dullies becoming? But this is yeah. fun. Where it's like anyone can kind of win right. at any moment. All the teams hate each other. We get a lot of upsets and different wins. I'm with you. Like, I don't. I don't think we need a dominant tag team title run. And it's. We'll see in a, a, a later tag team um, in this set of episodes, I think. Um, <laughs> but it feels like they can throw together a tag team mm-hmm. that's not in the in the title, you know, in the picture for right. the title. And those are like legit tag team matches. And this for the title is trash matches. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. It's different and weird. Um, this match was insane. Smothers was great. Like, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I gave you shit, but yeah, they deserve those belts just for all the extreme bumping that they did, uh, as opposed to extreme wrestling. So, uh, and Cronus and New Jack are just, I don't even think they, like, talk to each other. Like I don't know if they even know who each other are. They don't really. hang out. <laughs> They're not in the back together. They right just now. show up at the matches together yeah. and just yep. fall out, um, which is fine, too. Um, so all of this is just crazy chaos, and I did um, two and a half stars, Matt. I went two and a half on it, too, and honestly, I almost went higher solely for Smothers <laughs> bumping around the ring like a fucking insane person. My God. Uh, FBI was a gigantic mess about 20 seconds into this match, and, I mean, they, they just beat the bag out of them for, you know, mm-hmm eight ten minutes however long it was uh the violin shot was great the, the shot with the prosthetic leg was great uh oh, wow. I, I think they might have stolen those weapons from a street musician with one leg i mean that's <laughs> that's kind of the narrative i've put together in my own head that, new jack yeah. totally just robbed that guy yeah that's what i think someone just trying to make a buck outside the arena and he said give me that give me the violin i need it for a match tonight i gotta so. go kill these yeah but uh, yeah, standard fare. Uh, kind of a uh, wasn't expecting that title change, but uh, yeah, I went uh, I went two and a half on it. All right, we go right back to the ring. I mean, we're not, we're right in the ring for our next match. That's Rotten Balls taking on the Dudleys. Dudleys acts on balls to stick around after the brawl. Everyone else clears out. They're all fighting with strikes. Joey does not like Jeff Jones as the referee in this one. Bubba smashes balls with a chair. We see a bloody FBI celebrating at ringside as the weapons are flying. All weapons and strikes. All four guys battling in the ring. FBI head down the aisle. New Jack and Cronus meet them. They all brawl back to the ring. We get a big war with everyone again. The crowd is rocking. Axel rip, gets ripped open as Devon jabs a rod into a skull. The FBI, New Jack, and Cronus fight to the back. We reset. Devon works over Axel in the ring. Bubba and Bloody Balls battle on the floor. Axel gets a clothesline, but Jones doesn't count. And Dick comes in and chokeslams Axel. And Devon covers, but John Finnegan breaks up the count. He gets into it with Jeff Jones. They have a cat fight. Devon grabs Finnegan, and Axel blasts him with a chair. Hits a DDT and pick up the win for Rotten Balls. Uh, pretty fun brawl. Just pure chaos, as usual. You have to wonder, like, do we need another bogus ref? I know we said this last time. <laughs> we just had Fonzie. Now mm-hmm. we got Jeff Jones. Uh, we had Gertner, like, that was kind of doing similar stuff. I guess. I mean, the crowd doesn't seem to give a shit. So, a uh, big win for Balls and Axel. The Dudley scuffle some more, Jenny. So, I went two stars. I don't know. Are you all right with another crooked ref angle? Yeah, that I had a, a note about. Well, why are we giving all the refs all this fucking time? Like, this is weird. Uh, I don't know. Were other promotions doing, like, ref-based bullshit at this time? I don't know. Is it, like, a play on anything? Well, I think the Nick the Nick Patrick stuff I think was going on at this point, wasn't it? That's what NWO? I was thinking. I guess I was still going, and then yeah. I mean, I guess you had the. I mean, Montreal had happened, but I think this was taped before that. 
No, actually, it's before Montreal, so. Yeah, it's like a week um, before, so. Yeah. It just, it was just weird. Uh, fists and feet flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a great line. Um, it's like a Sean Kidd two, rematch. Right. <laughs> uh, two stars, Matt. Yeah, I went two stars on it. It was a, a fairly standard brawl, just complete and utter chaos. I mean, look, we're talking about the ref fighting. Maybe we're the assholes because the crowd fucking loved it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, maybe, that? Yeah. maybe we're the problem, but uh, yeah, you're uh, definitely the problem. So well, I know that, that, but I, I meant you guys. Swift. I know I'm a problem, but yeah, uh, yeah two stars for me. Not your antihero. <laughs> All right, Joey's in the nest. He hypes up November. Remember, recaps all of our new champions as Taz defends against Rob Van Dam here tonight. And next week, Tommy Dreamer wrestles despite recovering from broken bones in his foot and a bruised heel. Dreamer returned to ECW in style in Queens last week. We get highlights where Dreamer and Spike Dudley were in the ring and Tommy DDT's the ring announcer running his mouth. So it's kind of random. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was pretty fucked up by his foot, so I think they just did yeah. that to, um, yeah. you know, kind of. Give him something. Let the crowd get to see Tommy. Uh, all right. Next match: Chris Candido and Lance Storm taking on Doug Furnace and Phil Lafon. Good to see Furnace and Lafon sticking around. Nice addition to help the roster solidify the tag division. Candido heads to the ring. Joey says Bigelow is supposed to be his partner, but that's no longer an option. After a break, Lance Storm is heading out to team with Candido. Joey thinks Storm is a triple threat prospect. We get highlights of Candido versus Storm from a few weeks back. Joey says Candido's significant other pushed him to scout Storm because she likes how he fills out his tights. I like how they basically use Sonny as like a, a whore gimmick, even though she's not involved <laughs> with the company. LaFon and Storm start off with switching, uh, standing switches and mat work. They trade holds. Candido tags in. We get a chop war with LaFon, and Candido even struts, but LaFon lights him up, does a flare flop. It's a pretty great spot. Furnace tags in, uses his power to knock Candido around. Candido recovers with a side headlock. Furnace pushes through, hits a great drop kick for two. LaFon gets uh, tags in, but he gets shoved to the corner. Candido and Storm double up. Storm comes in and cranks a chin lock to counter a throw. LaFon comes back with a German, tags Furnace, who hammers away. Storm lands a kick and tags Candido. They double up and quick tag through some offense. Furnace and LaFon end up outside. Candido and Storm hit stereo Pescados. Candido starts to bicker with Storm a bit about how he's not the triple threat, and that allows Furnace and LaFon to attack from behind. Furnace and LaFon hit wild, massive dro- double drop uh, backdrops on both. LaFon gets a surfboard on Storm. Joey puts over Furnace and LaFon as old school journeyman who get overlooked because they don't talk. LaFon gets a camel clutch and goes for a senton for two. Candido tries to help but misses and bails to the floor. LaFon hits a savak kick and chops away, hits a snap suplex. Furnace tags in, he slams Storm and drops a leg for two. Furnace and LaFon keep Candido at bay as they continue to batter the back. Storm tries to escape, we get a double clothesline. Candido gets the tag and comes in hot on LaFon. Whacks him with a clothesline, sets him up top, but Furnace saves. Candido kicks Furnace off, gets on the top rope Rana on LaFon, knocks Furnace off the apron through a table at ringside. Candido goes up top, but LaFon blocks him, loads up a superplex, but Storm saves. Candido tries a blonde bombshell. LaFon makes the block, knocks him down, hits a spinning leg drop that was a little bit botched. Candido slips out of a slam, but LaFon hits a tiger bomb. For two, Storm saves. Candido hits a suplex, tags Storm, but LaFon kicks him and springboards in. Furnace tags, but Storm meets him with a spin kick. Furnace recovers with a Frankensteiner for two, pops up Candido with a release belly-to-belly, sends Storm flying with a release German. All four guys get end up in the ring. We get a smooth finish where Furnace is powerbombing Storm as LaFon ducks a Candido and Zaguri that connects with Furnace, and Storm falls on top of him for the win. That is how you do a finish that is clean and protects everyone. It's just a miscue, catches him at the last minute. Storm shakes hands with Furnace and LaFon, and Candido follows suit. 
Candido then shakes Storm's hand and they hug as Joey wonders if Storm is triple threat bound. Uh, pretty great tag match, I thought. It had nonstop action. The flow was really good. It was no bullshit or nonsense. It's four great workers. I love Candido because he does all this goofy, coked up gimmick shit. But then he gets in the ring, and just has these bangers, shakes hands out of respect, and leaves. Like when he's in the ring, he doesn't, he's no gimmicks, right? That, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. no fluff, no bullshit. He's just in there working. Um, Candido's been gold. Storm is making a name for himself. I, I hope for instance, the fonts stick around. Like they add a lot to this promotion. Um, just putting on, if they're not around every taping, if they're in it now every couple of months, it'd be like a, a good balance of the division. So, Matt, I like this a lot. I went three and three quarters. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit lower than you. I went three and a half on it. It just was just really well done. A great match. Good God, Lance Storm needs to do something with that hair. I have to say it again. Just just get rid of that fucking rat tail. It's the worst. Uh, <laughs> Furnace and Lafon just don't stop moving. I mean, they, they're just working their asses off this entire match. And I mean, the pace, like you said, was ridiculous. Uh, just great double team moves to Lance Storm and to uh, Candido. Just everything looked really well done. Uh, Lafon at one point killed Candido with that fucked up senton off the top rope. That looked real rough for uh, Candido. Uh, that was uh, that was really bad. I mean, save for that uh, botch, I, I thought the rest of the match was pretty much flawless. And I love the finish. I thought the finish was really well done. Keeps everybody strong. So I, I really like that uh yeah just a great match here three and a half for me jenny furnace and lafon is the names are just bad like like that's your names <laughs> I, I hate yeah. it i hate it so much i don't want to i don't want to they need gimmick names <laughs> um pretty i mean like I, when i say messy i don't mean well i don't I just feel like it wasn't super crisp, but like in a good way, um, like in a way that feels spontaneous and real instead of, you know, dumb. Um, but like Candido has that awesome fire and Lance, I think, matches him in that. Um, and they they look sort of the same. They have, you know, the same build, you know, they're kind of the same guy. Uh, I don't know how Lance Storm is. I don't know if he's on cocaine like candido or not but probably not um probably no not. we have chris um, candido and clean candido according to you okay uh <laughs> so i mean i could see him becoming a member of triple threat um hmm. in the future um but, but the, they, he's really, like a big guy though i feel like he, he mm-hmm. like you're saying it he's almost redundant yeah, with candido and triple threat. Mm-hmm. you need like because yeah. we've got lee and then and then bigelow so yeah that's true that's a good point um the F boys, can I call them that? <laughs> <laughs> call them whatever you want. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> I just Only if it's like B O I S. Who are we to judge? Yeah, the, I'm not going to judge. The F boys. Uh, that's their new name. I really like watching them wrestle. Um, they are fun. They're talented. They can do like everything. They're really good at it. Um, and the end, they just fly. Like Matt said, they keep going. Um, a fucking banger of a match. Three and three quarter stars. All right. Cool little gem in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to the ring we go. Rob Van Dam taking on Taz. 
This one's been brewing for a while. Can RVD stop Taz? We'll see. Fonzie's in as well. Uh, RVD flies in with a big spin kick to Taz as the ref is checking his boots, which is well done. Taz is rattled. RVD smothers him with punches. He's slumped to the corner. RVD puts Taz's belt on his face and drop kicks him. Hot start. RVD tries to split a legged move, but Taz kicks him in the nuts, spikes him to the mat, and then murders him with a Tiger German. RVD lands right on his head. Mm-hmm. RVD bails out. Taz follows and slings him back in. Taz hammers away. He catches RVD on a springboard and then wrecks him with a hard lariat. RVD bails out again to talk to Fonzie. He says Taz is built like an animal. RVD shoots Taz into the railing. He hits a jumping sidekick off of it, jabs at Taz, and shoots him to the steel again. Slings him back inside as a springboard leg drop. RVD hits a double underhook falcon arrow, drops a leg for two with a lazy cover. RVD keeps battering Taz. He crotches him on the top rope and knocks him off with a springboard kick. RVD keeps kicking away, directs Fonzie to throw him a chair. Joey says Fonzie's the purveyor of strip clubs and brothels across the country. <laughs> RVD puts a chair on Taz, hits a split-legged moonsault, but he's too banged up. Taz comes flirt, firing back, but RVD hits a spin kick, slams Taz, heads up top. It hits a wonderful frog splash for two. RVD hammers away, but Taz drops a leapfrog and a dodges the leapfrog and hits a release German, and RVD lands on his face. Sabu comes in, Taz chucks him to the floor. Dreamer's out. He fights off Sabu as RVD buries a big kick to the face on Taz in the ring. Beulah stalks Taz. I'm sorry, uh, Beulah stalks Fonzie. RVD grabs her by the hair, but Taz makes a save and hits a disgusting head and arm Taz plex on RVD. In comes Lance right with a neck brace. The pit bulls are behind him, decked out in sweet white suits. Taz is aggravated to see them as they strut our ringside smoking cigars. The pit bulls get the ring as we get the bell to end the match. Uh, so we'll stop there for a minute. We'll talk about the post-match in a minute. Uh, the, the match was great. I mean, RVD is awesome. Taz is really good, too. The crowd is rocking. The BS finish is fine because it's, it's more story stuff, building to November to remember. RVD's offense is so on point and has a big vibe to every match he's in. Just layer it on top of Taz's style and big match feel, and it clicked. Um, and we haven't been super high on like, the big Taz matches as much, uh, but I thought this one really really worked well. So Jenny went three and a half. I, this was another really good match tonight. I did three and three quarters. Um Taz, shocking to me in this match. Like you said, not been really big on his longer style matches, but damn if he didn't shut me the fuck up in this match. Um, he was hanging in there. He really was. I I kept waiting for him to sort of lose it, but in the way that I've seen him do it before, nope. He was in it uh, all the way, but RVD was fucking great in this. <laughs> Just all casual attitude and devastating moves like he it, like effortlessly it's amazing and wonderful matt uh well i went three stars on it but i'm gonna tell you why uh i went lower because i included the post-match stuff in my rating but as as far as the match goes i thought the match was uh pretty well done i i, I think we've seen better out of taz rvd i think i went four stars on one of them but i i do think this was a, a pretty solid match uh i, I feel like rvd he, he looked very uh unkempt in this match like, <laughs> like he had like a five o'clock shadow going and even his gear was a little lacking like it almost looked like he just came in from like a 24 hour or Bender with Fonzie or something. Maybe he was hanging out at the brothels with Fonzie or something. But yeah, I, I thought the match was uh, was decent enough. And I don't know. Like I said, for me, it was the post match that really dragged the match down. Which we'll get really, into. Okay. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get into it. All right. Okay. So the Pitbulls attack. Taz fights him off, but Pitbull two hits him with a clothesline. RVD wants a high five, but Pitbull two uh, for Pitbull two, but he gets left hanging. The Pitbulls batter Taz some more. RVD hits a Van Daminator. Joey notices that Lance Wright's mom, Stanford attorneys, are ringside. Wright gets in the ring with the lawyers, and RVD says that Vince McMahon told him that 
all that. Taz is just a paper champion, and he's going to show Taz what he stands for. Fonzie has a WWF banner, and RVD says this is now the WWF arena, and everyone here is a WWF fan, and every belt is a WWF belt, and Taz, well, he's a WWF television champion. Taz pops up. He takes out both lawyers with Germans. Bigelow comes out and stands tall with Taz to loud ECW chants. Taz tells Bigelow he's confused and that Taz is the only real champion here, and he doesn't need help from no one. And next time Bigelow gets involved, they'll see who the real champion is. They have a stare down and pull apart to wrap things up. This is amazing heat. I mean, the crowd was super into this. RVD's been great in this angle. It all makes sense to me. It's good use of the pit bulls as the dumb muscle for right. Uh, And now Bigelow's on his own, and he's lining up an issue with Taz potentially for the future. So I like this. I thought it was pretty good, Matt. So what's what's your beef? So uh, is it just Lance, right? Well, no, that that's part of it. I'm not going to lie. That's part of it. But, and, and maybe this is completely unfair on my part, but I feel like the WWF ECW thing, I'm kind of down on it. It's really it's since, the, since the Lawler stuff, like, I don't know. It just feels like it's missing the juice that it had when Lawler was around just with everybody just shitting. You think it's cheeky? Them. Do you feel like they're used, like they're just using clinging to it? Cause it's like, it's not lazy, but it's like, they know it's going to be a guaranteed heat. Yeah, match. that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. Like, just keep Jerry Lawler around, then. I'd rather see Lawler do it than other but guys. I, I feel like maybe they want RVD and Sabu to be heels still, and they know they're going to yeah. get over without it. Probably they'll be they'll be. It's probably hard to keep them heels without it because they're so cool, right? So yeah, I mean, I, I like the Bam Bam stuff. I think Bam Bam and Taz will be super bu- super fun. But for me, I don't know. It just feels like it's been a real down. And maybe again, maybe it's unfair. But I just think since Lawler left, it's kind of been on a downward trend uh, for me. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, y'all know. You know, I was like, y'all know that I know. was like, I wanting them to get away from doing the us and them kind of bullshit and just stay in our own lane um but i don't know there's something about i don't know i guess i just got used to it i just decided this is what we're doing so (laughs) just get on board with it um (laughs) the paper champion stuff is i don't know it's a little weak for me but um, See, I don't mind the WF stuff. I, I'm not as into the them using Vince as a prop thing, like because mm-hmm. it's super unbelievable. Like, like there's no way yeah, Vince right. is working with right. Vance right. right in the pit bull. I mean, it's just stupid. Right. Like, yes. like I, I don't mind. Like, if you're telling me RVD is such a hot commodity that he's trying to oppress the WF and doing shit on their behalf, that works. But like to mm-hmm. think that the WF cares about ECW in right. any way, right? Like without Laura there, like it's to your point, Matt. It's it's kind of silly, um. But I don't know. I I don't mind it as much, but I can see why. Like the luster is not there. It's unless you're saying right is just like delusional, which is fine too. But they haven't really said right. that. They're making right. it like he really is working on behalf of Vince, right. which is Vince has no idea who Lance Wright is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. He said he worked there. But yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't. Right. But that, that mean he doesn't know he's talking about him. I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> well, what did you guys think about the white suits on the pit bulls, though? I thought they looked pretty pimp. It's a look. I like it. It's pretty good. <laughs> maybe. All right. Uh, best match was the tag. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the furnace, uh, the fine one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the worst match was rotten balls in the Dullies. Yep. Yeah. Best moment, I had a tie between the FBI celebration, like bleeding out of ringside while the match was going on, <laughs> and uh, Bigelow Taz showdown. 
at the end. I thought it was cool. I gotta go with FBI. I did too. All right, most 90s. Uh, we didn't talk about this during the episode, but New Jack had a shirt. I don't know if he has had this one before, but it had all deceased rappers on it. Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I did, did notice, notice that. that. It yeah. was like Tupac, Biggie. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of who else was on there. It was Easy E, maybe. Like he was on there, yeah. Yeah, there was like like three or four on there. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, all right, Stock Rising, FBI, Rotten Ball, Storm, RVD, and Taz for me. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, yeah. Stock falling. I just had the Gangstonators and the Dudleys kind of had rough nights. Yeah. Uh, final grade. I, I actually liked this better than the last episode. Um, <laughs> even with the title change in the last one, I liked all the matches on this one. It was consistently just hot match after hot match. We had a couple of really cool segments. This is the one I ended up going eight and a half out of ten on. Wow. Eight and a half? It was a banger. Like it just, I, I love that tag match. Um, mm -hmm. I like the FBI winning the tag titles. I thought that was great. I like the post-match of the main event. So mm -hmm. I thought it was a great episode. Like, I, I don't know what. Maybe I was lower on the other one than I should have been. But mm -hmm. this one, I, I loved this episode. That was great. All right. I'll do the eight. I'll go seven and a half. Look at Maddie. Mm. <laughs> Can't take me anywhere. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, let's get to our last episode of TV here. We'll wrap things up. It is November 8th, 1997. Uh, opening animation, Sister Francine, kind of being sexy, talking about getting turned on. Joey's in the ring in the ECW arena, but he's cut off by Lance Wright in the nest. And he says he has a scoop that Joey wasn't qualified enough to get. He's with the man that changed the title direction of ECW and had the most impact in the sport today, ravishing Rick Rude. Rude says, Joey makes things seem easy, like Rude sold his soul for a piece of pooch, but he's had more booty than the toilet at Madison Square Garden, and only wanted her because she belonged to Douglas. We should remember his New Year's resolution was to fuck with the franchise. Bigelow's career is bogged down by cooperation, and Rude's career thrives on manipulation. He manipulated Bigelow to come to the ring and become champion, and have Ted Turner eating out of your hand, Vince McMahon begging you to come do Monday Night Live. That is what manipulation is all about. Douglas needs to be worried about anticipation. He's the only thing worse than getting your ass kicked is waiting for it to happen, and it'll happen again on November 30th. So, Matt, that was a good way to start the show. It's rude kind of laying out his goals, right, and his thoughts. It's that he's always been a master manipulator and has got him to this great position of power. Where he got to bang Shane's girl, screwed him out of the title. Is Vince eating out of his hand. Turner's begging for him. And uh, it's been the year of the, the Ravishing one in 97. Yeah, uh, Rude was awesome here. He explained that, you know, since he came in, this was his goal. His goal's been accomplished. I, I thought he was really good here. Uh, the line where he says he's had more booty than the seats at Madison Square Garden was fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he manipulated Bam Bam. The only thing worse than getting your ass kicked is waiting for it to happen. Just I thought Rude was on fire here. Mm -hmm. And it shows that since the beginning, he had one goal. And he accomplished that goal. So we'll see what happens next. Is he going to stick around or is he going to, you know, finally be done? Cause like, I gotta be honest. I thought by now he was gone already. Like I didn't right. think, I didn't think he stuck around this long. So I'm, I'm curious if maybe this is the end or if the end's coming sooner rather than later, but God damn it. Why does Lance Wright have to be here? But uh, yes, I, I like that. It was very good. I like rude saying too, that like, um, Bigelow's career has always been about cooperation because it's true, right? Like he, true. he agreed yeah. to lay down to Lawrence Taylor. He agreed to do the job to this one. He agreed to go like he has been always this kind of the guy that, oh, Bigelow do this, Bigelow do that instead of standing yep. up for himself. Same thing with the click, right? He let the click kind of bully him out of the WF. Mm -hmm. So that was a poignant point for Rude to make. 
and looks really good um, making all those points um, in this promo. Intense and it's just a little off-putting because they still have a silly music like underneath and he's like, you know, cutting this promo and it's fairly, you know, badass. Um, so the music kind of took me out a little bit. <laughs> just let the man talk. Yeah, yeah. Cut the mm. music is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, but this was good shit. And um, I I feel like it probably is getting close to the end, but I don't want it to be the end, Matt. All right. Shane and Francine head to the ring. They're not looking happy tonight. Francine grabs the mic, says she doesn't need the cheers to clap for someone who gives a shit. She'd rather eat dog shit than show the fans her body. <laughs> she says Shane is very pissed off, and it is no surprise at all. And everyone should shut up and listen to him speak. Shane takes the mic. He says, no wonder Philly has such a high divorce rate since people won't shut the fuck up with a woman <laughs> talking. Three weeks ago, the fans were trying to suck his dick when he put Terry Funk out to pasture. He didn't need it then. He doesn't need it now. And he is pissed off. He's taken a lot of good nature ribbing. He listens to all the jokes about his body parts. And they are wrong because he's at least 12 inches. And Francine verifies. He's pissed at the turncoat. And that since Thursday night, his bag has been light. He can't eat. He can't train. He can't thrust his 12 inches into his lady because he can't even get it hard. He says it's only temporary because he'll be back to form and rocking all night long. There's one thing that makes him feel good about what happened. And they show Rude's true colors. And Queens got to see a title change. And it wasn't Philly. They got to see him lose. So F the fans here. Uh, Joey wraps this up. This is quite the clap back, Jenny, from Shane. <laughs> God. Remember when I hated him? What mm. a fucking idiot. He was amazing. They are a fucking mood. She's like in this animal print two-piece thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just, just so well done. Shane just perfect. Um, talking about not getting it up. The crowd just eating that shit up. Uh, this was just one of the best things I've seen him do. Like, legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved yeah. this shit. Yeah, just everything about this was fantastic. Uh, Francine saying she'd rather eat dog shit than show the crowd the goods. It just just everything about this was fantastic. Uh, Shane, very angry. Now he's impotent because he doesn't have the damn title. Good God. That, God. I love it. It's so smart just because he always talked about, you know, the, my dick can hold up 16 pounds of gold. Right, when Rude always says you get the small penis and all that. So. Right, yeah. So, oh, it's just... Great shit. He just admits it. He just stands in the ring and says, I can't get my 12 inch cock up anymore. And I'm just dying. That's a a thing you say in front of 2,000 people and people watching at home. I mean, only Shane can say that shit. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, just super great. All right. We get a legendary three way dance here next. Sabu, Shane Douglas, and Tommy Dreamer are going at it. In a three-way dance, Fonzie and Sabu have arrived. Fonzie is ranting about hitting ECW and the fans. Uh, Dreamer ambles out. He's got his walking boot on. He's with Beulah. We settle in with some big, long intros. We start with a pair of three-way lockups and clean breaks. We get some quick flurries of three-way spots, all to trade control. Some really creative stuff. Shane and Tommy double up on Sabu. He flips free, takes both men over. Sabu and Shane now work together and stomp away at Tommy, who's struggling with his foot. Joey says Tommy had to sign a waiver to compete. Didn't make a big deal about it on TV. And that is stone cold. The shot at cost at Austin, uh, who had the busted neck, and they did a big dog and pony show about him signing the waiver to fight Owen Hart at Survivor Series. 
Shane and Sabu continue to choke and stomp away. Shane gets knocked outside. Sabu meets him with a top row body block. Sabu posts Shane. He swats away at Shane and Tommy with a chair. Sabu hits both baseballs with a baseball slide. He snaps the arm of Shane, targets the shoulder. Sabu drops a leg on Tommy. He's in full control. Works Shane's arm, but Shane deadlifts Sabu and holds him as Tommy comes in. Takes them both down with a Russian leg sweep. A lot of cool three-way spots all through this. Mm-hmm. Shane powers up as a neck snap on Sabu, but Tommy drop kicks him in the back of the head. And Shane falls onto a chair. Fonzie's bitching about Tommy's boot as Sabu comes off the top of the chair, but Tommy gets the boot up. Tommy uses the chair for a jawbreaker on Shane. Shane drops Tommy on the chair with a shinbreaker. All three guys are banged up as they slow the pace. Sabu beats on Shane's head on the floor, and then they hoist the table on the apron, but Tommy drop kicks it into them. Tommy drags the table into the ring and crotches Sabu on the top rope. Sabu reaches down and grabs a chair, but Tommy grabs it first and pelts him with it. Shane goes low on Tommy, puts him on the table, and superlexes Sabu through Tommy in a great spot. Shane tells Fonzie to go the fuck away as he smashes Sabu with a piece of busted table. Sabu comes back with a middle rope leg drop on Tommy for two. Shane grabs Sabu. They hit a double-team powerbomb neckbreaker combo. Shane gets two as Tommy breaks it up. Tommy and Shane continue to beat on Sabu. They even shake hands as they hit the ropes. Fonzie trips them both up. Beulah and Fran come over and smack them around, shove them into the ring and kick the shit out of them. And then they have a cat fight to a big pop. Fun moment. Fonzie grabs them both by the hair and smacks them together, but they shove them down and stand tall. Shane then grabs Beulah. Tommy grabs Fran and they hit pile drivers at the same time. Sabu flies into the springboard clothesline to a pop. Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault on Shane, but Tommy makes a save and DDTs Shane. Sabu saves an Arabian face buster. Shane decides to leave and he walks off. But Bam Bam Bigelow shows up and drives him back to the ring. Tommy hits a belly to belly for two. Sabu is an Arabian face buster on Shane. And he and Tommy could cover to eliminate the franchise. So his night is done. Sabu takes out Tommy's leg. We see Beulah getting carried out. Sabu knocks Tommy outside, tosses him into the fans. It's a triple jump dive into a chair. Into Tommy in the crowd. Fonzie's holding a towel on his head as he says he's dizzy. Sabu pushes Tommy back inside. He follows the Arabian press for two. Sabu is a springboard Rana for two. He chucks a chair in Tommy's face. Chops away and tries a springboard leap. But Dreamer meets him with a flying clothesline. Tommy hits an Arabian face buster for two and follows with a DVD. Grabs a table, sets it up, and DDT Sabu off the top rope through the table to a pop. Fonzie comes in, though. He hits Tommy in the heel with a chair. He crawls over to Sabu, who pops up, and it's Arabian face buster and a top rope leg drop. Then it's a triple jump moonsault and puts Tommy away to win this match. A great match with uh, ECW Legends. Just a war. There's a lot of innovative offense. The crowd was hot. Some big time spots. Sabu's been dominant lately. Uh, Tommy's gutty as always. And Shane is Shane. Uh, get some extra heat for November Remember mixed in here with Bigelow. So, Jenny, I thought the match delivered. I went three and a half. Uh, I wouldn't call it an all-time classic, but it was it was really, really good. You know, I had to do the four. Um because of all the, like you you called out, the creative three-man spots. Like, they mixed up all the combinations, did a lot of cool things that we don't really get to see a lot. Um, um, I really loved the added layer of the girls coming in to fuck with Fonzie a little bit. And then double pile drivers on their asses. Um, pretty brutal. And Shane trying to run away. Nice touch. Um, before he gets eliminated. Um, I like them carrying Beulah and (laughs) Fran out after the pile drivers. It just kind of kept going on and on. Um, So many layers to it. But for me, the spot of the match is fucking Fonzie coming in to crack that chair on Tommy's heel Mm. that's fucked up. And 
his face, Tommy's face was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I thought his foot was going to fall off. Um, yeah, he was in pain. No. Tommy and his body parts, uh, I don't know that he has anything left to give. <laughs> uh, from his penis to his heel, the man has been decimated in many, many ways. He Bless his heart, he tries to walk out even. Um, but that's Tommy. He's hardcore. And this match is hardcore, and I did four stars. I think Dreamer's just a human callus at this point. He doesn't feel anything, and he just lets everything happen. But yeah, this was great stuff. I went three and a half on it. Just the innovative offense from everybody, like you guys have said. Just everything was really well done. Uh, The pace, I thought, was great. And this is a long match, too. You're talking like 20, 25 Mm -hmm. minutes, and they just kept things moving the entire time. They didn't really slow down or anything like that. So I I just thought everything was really well done. Uh, The double pile drivers to Fonzie and Bueller were brutal. Uh, Just a wild sequence sequence there uh kind of surprised that shane didn't win but i do like how they went about uh eliminating him with bam bam coming out throwing him back in the ring basically and then uh, the elimination so i thought even though he didn't win i thought it was a smart way to eliminate him to have him eat a mm-hmm. pin and uh, uh the ddt by dreamer off the top through a table was disgusting and uh the the foot manipulation on on dreamer was also uh really well done i don't think he was selling i think he really was just in that much pain from working this match so uh yeah great match here so three and a half for me all right tommy gets an ovation as he drags himself up and hobbles to the back shane and francina back there shane says he's never aspired to be second best even back to 1983 he was told he was too small but he laughed and said to watch him same was when he was told he was a white meat mid carter and when he became a star he told hogan flair and the others wouldn't step aside so shane challenged him and they all dodged him we then cut over to bigelow who says when you start ripping through and beating people, no one wants to do business with you. He has a family to support, and he couldn't support without cooperation. So he cooperated with Lawrence Taylor, with Kimo, with Katao, and others. But he's sick and tired of cooperating. We go back to Shane. Talks about what he did to the NWA title in 1994. He chose the last, the less traveled road of ECW. And that made all the difference in the sport. In the tournament, they said he was mad. Bigelow says he doesn't cooperate. He takes what he wants. Shane says about Queens, where Rude paraded Bigelow to the ring as his opponent. He was shocked. A family member would stab him in the back. But Bigelow made himself and proved to the world he had what it took to be a world champion, and he applauds it. Candido pops in. He says, he and Bigelow come from the same town. They broke in together, and Bigelow always takes what he wants, but it bothered him that he took it from Candido, and he took the belt from the triple threat. And that what good is the triple threat is good for him. Like the Von Erichs, Bruno and Flair, Dusty and Lawler did, when you come to Pittsburgh, gladiators will show what they have to offer. They could take the easy way, but Bigelow won't lay down and do the job, so he should have to come fully loaded and ready to fire. And Shane will overcome the 100-pound difference, Strength and power at the biggest event in ECW history. One of them will leave as champion, and one leaves defeated. He thrives in adversity. He can be beaten and thrown around, but his heart of a champion will continue to beat, and Pittsburgh demands it, and his legacy demands that the belt come back home. If the franchise goes down, so does ECW because they are tied together. He's come too far to let it go now. Bigelow should take care of that belt until November 30th when he'll become champion again, and he'll be ECW champion for a third time. Bigelow says the belt is his. If Shane wants it, he's going to beat him because he does no more jobs, no more favors, and no more cooperation. He's going to have to kick his ass and pin him. This is great. Shane's on fire. Bigelow kind of laid out what's been making him tick. Candido is kind of the son in the middle of the two parents fighting. Um, (laughs) This is all really well done, Matt. Um, it's great height for November. Remember, I, I honestly thought they should have saved this for the go home yeah. um, because this is like the last, like we didn't really need much more after this. It's like laid out in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have a few more weeks of TV to get to, to November. Remember, but I thought this would have been like a great go home. 
Yeah, uh, this was really great stuff and uh, kind of different style from what we usually see. Like, this almost felt like a Pulp Fiction to me. Like, just kind of how it was shot and how they were going back and forth between everybody. I thought it was super well done. And I thought it was, yeah, just the, the like, the editing of everything, I guess, was really well done. How they kept cutting back and forth. And then Cantito's here in the middle, like you said, saying his thing. Yeah, I, I just think it's great hype for the pay-per-view. I made the same note that you just said. I almost feel like this should have been saved for the go-home. It feels weird to do it like what, three four weeks before three weeks out yeah it's like three yeah. weeks out like what else are we going to do after this you know unless they're going to beat the shit out of each other for three right. weeks i don't know what else you do but uh yeah this was just great stuff jenny it really was it, it took me a minute to realize you know what they were doing bouncing back and forth right. and also i noticed that bigelow has green eyes because they were very close in with those camera angles um at, when Bigelow started talking, because we hadn't really like heard much from Bigelow ever, mm-hmm. um, so when he was talking about I have a family to feed, oh, eh, that was like automatic. Like I kind of don't give a fuck about that. Like that's not like that's not that doesn't really fit what we're doing here with you, Bigelow. So um, just talk the cooperation part. Now that's where he got me. I pulled on what Rude said and started using that as opposed to like i gotta feed my family because i don't give a shit about that um and then candy candido just his wild energy is toned down a little bit and he's Mm -hmm. a little bit um maybe he's having some emotions that are not like a squirrel you know and and he has to to like kind of like feel things and and think about things and so that's weird for him um but he was very very good in that in that role sweet sweet promos from all of them all right joey's in the nest he hypes up defender remember he runs on the card and vows the fbi will lose their titles the fbi come in and rich says a year ago you said i couldn't beat harley gordon are you drinking again uh it's amazing <laughs> pictures gordon solely rich oh hypes up his boys and says they want to make joey a paisan and he reads his lawyer's letter, but Joey refuses. They hassle him, and Joey reads it, and with them saying, hey, in between each statement. So it's like, <laughs> what's the matter, you? Hey, you got no respect. What do you think you're doing? Why do you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. <laughs> and they all hug Joey, and they wrap up. Just, I mean, the FBI has been on fire. Like, I thought this was, again, tremendous stuff. Um, They're killing it. It's so good. It has no what business being as good. Gordon, I just lost it. He's like, <laughs> it has no you business said I couldn't be Holly a year ago, Gordon. <laughs> We go from the seriousness of, of right. the triple threat drama into this absolute nonsense. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it so much. Just, just end the episode with them being like, oh, hey. Everything he's saying. It's like, what's Ridiculous. the matter with you? Hey. Hey. No respect. Hey. What do you think you're doing? Hey. Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. <laughs> Smothers is like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, best match, oh, Sabu, Dreamer, Douglas, the only match. But it yep. was great. Yep. Uh, best moment, I thought it was Shane's promo as part of the Triple Threat stuff. Yep. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, most 90s, I just want to rude the free agent. This is the concept of yeah. rude free agent. Rude, rude, yeah. Uh, stock rising was everyone on the show. <laughs> Douglas, Sabu, Dreamer, right. Bigelow, FBI, yeah, I mean. Everybody. And final grade, I didn't have any stock falling. Um, and final grade, another great episode, seven and a half for me. Like, we had a great match, great promo, hype, and then we ended on a fun note. So, what do you guys got? I'm going to keep my eight. Yeah, I went eight on this one, too. 
Uh, look, we had a great night of television. I mean, the we first did. one was, yep. you know, this that recap, but those next three were on fire. It might be the best three we've had in a row in a while. Um, it almost makes you wonder, like, so next episode, we got three more before November remembers. Like, what are they going to do? Like, like, how are those going to hold up? Because if November remember was after this one, I think we'd be, like, on fire, ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if they can keep that fire burning um, into the show. So we'll see how these next three weeks go. Uh, check out everything at NorthSouthConnection.com. That'll list all the audio and video we have to offer. All of our podcasts every day. A lot of wrestling content. John, you got the Jenny Possession on Wednesdays, which is some of our more pop culture stuff. Uh, but some wrestling stuff's coming there as well. So um, just And also subscribe to YouTube, because we're going to have YouTube-only content mixed in, too. Uh, that's not going to be on the podcast feed. So just subscribe all around. Follow us on social media. And uh, continue to live your life extremely. Talk to you. Smooth operator.